and welcome back, everybody, to the Cross Point Church Scripture Podcast. Uh, it's Pastor Josiah here, um, your host, and uh, I love being with you guys. I love doing this podcast. Uh, my sincere hope is that it's helping you stay in the Scriptures every day. Uh, there's no reason for us to not take advantage of the Scriptures and how they can strengthen us in our walk. And there's no reason for us to be afraid of any part of the Bible. We need to go from Old Testament to New. Uh, we need to be in the scriptures prayerfully and faithfully every day because that's going to strengthen us. Uh, in a day and in a culture where it's becoming more difficult to be faithful to our walk and faithful to Christ and not compromise with the culture around us, then the Bible becomes even more important uh, in the walk of a believer. So that's the heart of Cross Point Scripture. Um, I hope it's just one of the tools in your toolbox that's helping you keep at um, the Bible and getting into it every day so you can learn your faith and be strengthened by God. And so I love to be a part of that. So uh, get your cup of coffee, uh, tell all the kids to go outside because it's time for the Cross Point Church Scripture Podcast. Or hey, if you're sitting in deadlock uh, traffic, uh, you can listen to this instead of political radio. That way you won't be mad by the time you get to work. How's that sound? All right, so our verse of the day um, that we're going to take today, we're going to take our verse and look at its context and uh, what the original author was on about and um, whether we can see Jesus in this verse or not. And today's a great verse. It comes from Psalms. Um, I don't know how you guys feel about the Psalms, but uh, to me, they're like a highway of prayer for me. Uh, there are many times when you sit down and it's prayer time and you're just not sure what to say to God because you're a small person and, you know, you're just not sure. You kind of ask, pray about the same kind of crisis you're facing and a few things that are bothering you. And then it's like, okay, what should I say? Um, one thing you can definitely do is open the Psalms. That's what I do. And you just pray your way through a couple Psalms. Uh, it doesn't matter where you are. You So what I do is I work my way. I start at one and work my way through 150, not in one day. <laughs> But I just open it to the next psalm. You know, I put my ribbon marker where I stopped, and then I just go back and do it again the next day. And what it does is it gives you um, this way. It gives you this highway of prayer where you're praying God's words back to him, and you can know they're inspired by the Holy Spirit. And it's interesting because it'll help you pray about and into some things that you wouldn't on your own because you don't know to do that. And so I think the Psalms make a great way, and it'll get you into praise and worship as well. You'll be sitting there in prayer, you know, glorifying God and praising him with his words, and it'll keep you out of that rut of just saying, you know, God, please help me to have enough money. Please help me to be able to pay my bills, keep me safe today, help my kids and all that. Those are all good things. You go ahead and pray that, but the Psalms will get you into some good stuff. And today is no exception. So our verse of the day comes from Psalm 55 chapter 55, Psalm 55, and verse 22. And uh, it's an interesting verse because it's a good one on its own, as usual. The verse of the day, usually well chosen by you version. Um, it's a good, you know, all alone it could be a prayer for you today. It could be something that you, you know, just say over your life today. Um, so it works like that, but I think the context is going to blow the door open on it and even deepen it further. So let's go ahead and get into it. In the ESV, Psalm chapter 55, Verse 22 reads like this, Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. All right. Now, just uh, right off the bat here, cast your burden on the Lord. That's a 
pretty common phrase in the Bible and in the Psalms. And I wonder if we still have a hold of what that means. So you fishermen out there, you know what it means to cast, okay? And then um, I think burden is still a word that we understand. It's kind of old-fashioned, but I think we get it. But whenever it says to cast your burden on the Lord, it's such a beautiful picture, man. That's why I don't want you guys to lose it. So what's, what's being said here is you've got this load of trouble in your arms, and it's heavy. It's a burden. So you have these loads of troubles or problems in your arms. And what it's literally telling you to do is throw them on the Lord, cast them on him. I don't know how many of us immediately think of our relationship with God like that, but we need to. You're not taking advantage of him in any way because he's infinitely strong and he's welcoming you to give all of your burdens to him and to do it enthusiastically. That's why it says cast, you know, (laughs) throw it on the Lord because it's weighing you down. You can't solve it on your own. Uh, It's too much for you. Give it to God and give it to him with enthusiasm. Totally surrender it. You know, it's all yours, Lord. I can't fix. I don't, I can't even deal with it. I can't even talk about it anymore. I'm throwing it on the Lord. Now, will all your problems magically disappear? No, that's never the point. What the point is, is companionship with the Lord. All of a sudden, he's bigger in your life than your issues, and you start to realize he definitely cares about you, and he's willing to bear these things with you, and and sometimes just completely for you. There's been some things I surrender to God, and then in the next couple of days, they just undo themselves and go away, and I, and I love that. I'll take more of that. So just so we don't miss the point there at the beginning, 22, cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. That word sustain... Um, the only, I'm sure there's other places, one where that I know that it's survived into modern times is it's a pedal on a piano, the sustain pedal. And when you press it and then press a note or a chord, um, the chord or the note will keep going. That velvet hammer won't come down on it and stop those strings from vibrating and stop the noise. It'll just keep going, sustain. And so it's a neat picture there. That's what the Lord is promising. Because I can't speak for you guys, but when I'm overwhelmed by my problems and issues, the feeling is these are going to crush me. These are going to stop me. These are going to choke me. Uh, Sometimes when I'm having a really bad day, I'll tell my wife, I feel like I'm drowning. It's like a literal feeling in my throat. And I'm like having a hard time catching my breath. And there's a heaviness in my chest and my head is spinning. I'm like being drowned by my issues. And so When it says here, he will sustain you, again, it's a beautiful picture. It's not he'll make it all go away. He'll do, he'll make you think, just see that your problems are just an illusion. No, he will sustain you. He will take you up in his arms and keep you going. (laughs) I love it. All right, he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. Now, um, what do you guys think about that where it says he'll never let you be moved? Why does it say that? And why does it come right before? Why is it called the people the righteous? Well, there's a lot to this, but it's interesting that it selects the word righteous. I mean, there's a lot of things it could say there. It could say he'll never let those he loves be moved. He'll never let the gracious be moved. He'll, you, you understand. But here it uses the word righteous. And uh, for you Bible guys out there, girls, you know, righteous means being in right standing with God being in right standing with him. It's not this indicator that your life is perfect. What it means is you and the Lord are on good terms, that he he forgives you, you're under the grace of Jesus Christ, you're one of his, so that even when you do wrong, he he will correct you. You need to ask for forgiveness. You know, you need to walk right with the Lord, but you're in right standing with him. You're in good relationship with him. 
And uh, what this is saying here is those who are in right standing with the Lord, he will never permit to be moved. Isn't that great? He's not going to let the picture here, and and our, our context will show us a little bit more about it, but the picture here is these issues and troubles are trying to push you out of where you are. They're trying to overwhelm you and sweep you away. And so the picture here is if you cast your burdens on the Lord, he will never permit. He won't let it happen. He won't let you be moved. You may suffer and have issues and problems and sometimes a confusion, but he's not going to let you get pushed out of your position with him. You're going to be in right standing with God, and he's going to keep you, okay? All right, so all this talk here about this verse, which is already pretty cool, and it's a good prayer, and it's a good reminder— Um, What will our context show us um, so we can understand what was the psalmist going through? So sometimes we ask, what was the original author meaning to his original audience? Well, the original audience of the Psalms were the people of Israel, God's chosen people. That was the original audience. And Psalms is their prayer book. It's their worship manual. It's their hymnal. Um, It was what they opened to and to worship together and to chant and to sing and to pray these Psalms together as a community. And, of course, in in many places they still do. And so that was the original audience. This was an Israelite writing for other Israelites, the worship and prayer to God. Okay? So this is a, that's the big context. What's the smaller context here? What was the um, psalmist going through at this time? Well, Psalm 55 is big, and we don't have time to go through it all, but I'll tell you. The overall context of Psalm 55 is a righteous person, someone who feels that they're in right standing with God, is being taunted, sold out, persecuted, and pushed around and talked bad about by an evil person or persons. So that's what this psalm is about. And I don't know how many of us know that if we don't explore the Old Testament and the Psalms. Um, How many of you guys knew that the Bible knows all about that? Because I hear a lot of, as a pastor, I hear a lot of people saying, man, why is, you know, I'm trying to live for God and all around me, everything's being hard on me. Well, welcome to the game, (laughs) you know, welcome to the team. When you live for Jesus, uh, you will be going a different direction than the culture around you, and they are going to push you around at times. We are to forgive, we are to understand, and we need to be prepared for that kind of stuff. We don't take vengeance, we don't get angry. Um, We say, oh, I knew this would happen because I'm going God's way now. There's people going against me. That's okay. I'm going to surrender them to the Lord. I'm going to love. I'm going to forgive. And I'm even hoping to bring some of them over to my side. (laughs) That's the way of Jesus Christ. So anyway, the psalm has a lot of stuff about God save me from these evil people. And I'll give you just a a sample, okay? So if you thought you had to be nicey-nice and churchy in your prayers or else you're going to offend God— then I would have you let take a look at uh, Psalm 55, verse 15. This is He's pouring his heart out to God, and this is part of his prayer against these evil people that are on him. Let death steal over them. Let them go down to Sheol alive, for evil is in their dwelling place and in their heart. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get any more honest and deep than that. Am I right? If you guys have ever had somebody run a huge burn on you, I mean, deep down hurt you and turn their back on you and, and sell you out and just do something which for which there was no excuse and you've just been hurt. Then you know these feelings bubble up in your heart. Let death steal over them. Let them go alive down to the pit of death. You, you can and you should pour these things out to God because ultimately it's up to him. Their lives are in his hands. 
by praying this to God, you are surrendering all that evil and those hard things in your mind and in your heart. You're giving them to God where they're safe. They're safe with him. And it's and it helps us to not want to mouth off to those people and try to seek vengeance on them. We just give it to God. So, all right. So that's the context of Psalm 55. Now, to get the immediate context around our verse of the day, um, let's just go to verse 20, okay? Because if we took on the whole psalm, that would pull us out of our um, context for or just our time, and we need to keep our focus for today. So let's go up to Psalm 20, uh, 55 verse 20, and uh, we learn a little bit about some of these enemies that are against him. So in verse 20, it says, My companion, that's a word for a friend, my companion stretched out his hand against his friends. He violated his covenant. His speech was smooth as butter, yet war was in his heart. His words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. All right. So you, you see the point here, or at least the context here is, um, some of the pain and the complaint and the cry to God in Psalm 55 is about being someone being a traitor. This is not about an enemy that was like foreign and didn't have anything to do with him. This was a friend. This was a companion who they thought they were together on serving God and going in the right direction. And this person has turned on them and pretended to be their friend. And in this wonderful phrase, his uh, words were softer than oil, yet they were drawn swords. That's, that's intense. And uh, it's probably bringing to mind some things that have happened to you. Okay. So that's our context here. It's not some, you know, cast your burdens on the Lord and he will sustain you. He'll never let the righteous be moved. This isn't just for, you know, Oh, just little soft, hard times. No, this is for when it, it doesn't get any harder than this. A friend, a business partner who was supposed to be a Christian, you know, they've turned on you and they've done some real damage to you. So when he sets that up, the friend has stretched out their hand. They pretended to be this person, but actually they ended up being drawn swords. It's there where verse 22 comes in. Cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. And then 23, but you, O God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction. Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in you. All right. So the song, like I said, this verse is powerful on its own. But when you put it back in its context, which is there are these people who, no joke, no kidding, are against me and trying to hurt me, and they were even pretending to be my friend, within this, I don't have to go their way. I don't have to worry about them. I don't have to get vengeance on them. They can't move me. They can't pull me out of right standing with God. They may be able to take my money. They may be able to try to ruin my, my reputation, but they can't move me away from my relationship with God, which is above all the most important thing. So the psalmist is reminding us that you don't have to be like them. You don't have to dip down to their level. Uh, you don't have to worry or allow them to steal your peace and your joy. That though they've stood against you, God has it. Their end, you know, what does it say here in uh, 23? But you, O God, will cast them down into the pit of destruction. Men of blood and treachery shall not live out half their days. I mean, that's intense, man, and you're giving them over to God, and so that's why it ends, but I will trust in you. That's where we need to end. That's where Psalm 55 ends. When these troubles come against us, we need to cast them on the Lord, remind ourselves that the righteous will never be permitted to be moved, and then we will trust in you. Because persecution, hard times, and especially from a friend, always has the uh, tendency to cause us to lose our faith. Like, whereas we should be doubling down and getting closer to God, it just has a tendency of pulling us away from the Lord. And that's a shame. 
because all we're doing is becoming like those people who are causing us a problem in the first place. All right. So where do we need to end up? What's the real battle? We think the real battle is to get that person back or, or at least prove they were wrong. But here in Psalm 55, we learn that the real battle is let me focus on the Lord. Let me stay with him and let this stuff just go because their fate is in God's hands and I am in God's hands. So I don't have to worry or, or try to get back at them. Okay. All right, so I think, as usual, the context here is actually broadened and deepened this prayer. So the next time you pray Psalm 55, 22, hopefully um, it'll be even deeper and more meaningful to you. All right, now um, for part of my favorite part of uh, doing the Crosspoint Scripture podcast is where can we see Jesus in these verses? And a lot of you might be um, skipping ahead in your mind like, man, I think I see where this is going. And you're right. This is a pretty neat verse because um, one cool way I can see where you see Jesus in these verses is I've got just one name for you, Judas. So if you're familiar with the gospel stories at all, uh, you'll remember Judas. He was one of the 12 disciples chosen by God. He said, hey, boys, follow me. Leave your life and follow me. All of them did. And he lived with them. He did miracles in their presence. He loved them. Uh, one of the most poignant scenes is that at the Last Supper, uh, Judas is still there. He knows what he's going to do. He's already made plans. He's settled on a price, 30 pieces of silver, uh, to find a private place away from the crowd at night where Jesus could be arrested by the chief priests and Pharisees without um, the people getting mad and causing a riot. So Judas is the man. He's sold uh, his friend, the Son of God, out for 30 pieces of silver. And we know that on that night, before he was going to be betrayed, Jesus washed the feet, and it says, of his disciples, all of them. He didn't leave anybody out, which means he bent low, the Son of God himself, bent low and washed Judas's feet, the man who, though his words were as smooth as oil, they were drawn swords. Do you understand how was Jesus able to do this? And I don't want us to lose it where we're like, well, Jesus was the son of God. He was kind of like a superhero. Well, amen. There are some things about Jesus that are different than you. He was the son of God. But the Bible tells us how Jesus accomplished the things he did. He did it in the same way that we're to do it. He accomplished things because he was full of the spirit of God. Remember his baptism? He goes down into the water. He comes out. The heavens are open. God says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit descends on Jesus and it says, rest on him as though a dove. And then we know that when we become a part of the church, when we throw ourselves on the mercy of God and we know that uh, the cross and the blood of Jesus Christ has wiped out our sins, then God says over us, this is my beloved son or my beloved daughter in whom I'm well pleased. He does that because of Christ. And then we know that he fills us with his Holy Spirit. And so we have the inner resources. It's Christ in us, the hope of glory. We have the inner resources. If we know how to call on it, if we know how to practice and to keep our minds on the Lord and to be filled with his spirit, that means we have the inner resources, the strength and the reality to live like Jesus did. Not in sinless perfectionism, but in facing each situation in the way that Jesus did. So when Jesus kneels down and he's washing the feet of his disciple Judas, who he knew, Jesus knew that he was going to sell him out. He was able to do it because he knew that Judas was in God's hands and he knew that what he was doing, what Judas was doing was going to cause more pain and destruction to Judas than it was to him, to Jesus. Jesus knew that he was going to go through something hard and he was going to rise again on the third day and be at the right hand of his father forevermore. And guess what? 
that's a good description of every Christian's life. So as you're facing someone who is doing their best to wreck you, you can always remember, what's your real future, though? You're going to go through something hard, and then you're going to spend forever and ever at the right hand of God. And when you know that and you're constantly reminding yourself of it and you're living in it as a reality because of the scriptures and because of the Holy Spirit, then you will be able to forgive people who are against you and you'll be able to pray, cast your burden on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never permit the righteous to be moved. So we see Jesus in these verses because God sustained Jesus through all kinds of hardships, including a close friend selling him out for 30 pieces of silver. He sustained Jesus all the way through the cross you understand he kept him going so if he can do that for jesus whose struggle with sin and the world and the devil was epic he can definitely do it with us our little struggles our little skirmishes with sin death and the world um, god can handle it okay but we need to cast our burden on him so that's an interesting and a, and a good way i think we can see christ in these in this particular verse all right well I'm always praying for you guys, the listeners. I'm not just saying that um, whenever the Lord reminds me and I, keep, I try to do my best to keep it in mind. I think about the listeners of Crosspoint Scripture Podcast and I just pray for you guys. And I, On my way up here, I was just praying that the Lord would help us to have a good time together today. So I pray that today's episode blessed you. Um, if you're listening to this at night, God bless you. I hope you have a good night. If you're listening to it during the day, then I hope your day is uh, good in Him. And uh, we will see you next time. Thank you so much for listening.